morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Please stand. We waited for the stain. We've gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. Your presence in this place, your glory on our face, we're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river is flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. So open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. A mighty river flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise. Sing, sing, open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates. A mighty river is flowing from your heart and filling every part of our praise.
Great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my living home. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. That sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe and out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe and out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me oh jesus yours is the victory lost his grip on me you have broken every chain and there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope 
Amen, amen. You may be seated. Man, we are in the presence of a holy, awesome, mighty God. Amen. And the fact that we can be in his presence through Jesus Christ is why we are here. It's because of what Jesus has done, and it is a reason to celebrate today. We want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church. If this is your first time with us, man, we are delighted to have you. Thank you for coming on this, uh, this beautiful fall uh, Sunday morning, and so we praise God for, for that. If this is your first time with us, you hopefully uh, saw a bulletin there on your chair. Uh, if you'll take a moment, fill the inside of this. There's a place for you to fill it out, tear off the tab. There's a box for you to put, place that in on your way out. Uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, it's an exciting day for many reasons. I mean, every Sunday that we can gather as the family of God and praise God is, is reason to worship. But it's also exciting when we have special events or special moments or special days in the life of the church. Right? We think of baptisms, always a special time. Right? We think of any time that we can gather and we take communion of the Lord's Supper um, is, is an important time. When, when somebody gives their life to Jesus, we celebrate that. But another important, awesome time in the life of a church is a child dedication service. Um, and so we're going to do that this morning. Uh, we have a family that's going to come in just a moment, but before they come, let me just share a few words uh, with you as we kind of lead into this time. You know, as a church, our goal when it comes to our children, our students, and families um, is that we want to partner with our parents to make disciples, right? Parents, you are the primary disciple makers of your children, and our desire is to partner with you to help you make disciples of your children who will then make disciples as they get older. And so this morning we have the joy and the privilege to celebrate that truth through a, a baby dedication ceremony. Uh, you know, baby dedication, child dedication is a commitment to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. Let me be clear, this is not a statement of a child salvation. That's not what we're doing this morning, but rather it is a statement of how the family who was going to come, they're going to raise their child. And so this morning, the sellers are acknowledging before God and before their church family that they recognize that they are the primary disciple makers in Bennett's life. And so they're coming as a family. So if you all want to come on up, they're coming as a family to acknowledge and profess their dependence on the Lord to raise their children and to point well, Bennett, the one, but others, if the Lord blesses them as well, that they're going to raise them and point them to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to turn this over to Pastor BJ, and then I'll come back up in just a moment. Thank you. 2020. So um, I just want to start off just to ask if there are any extended family members here today would you please stand for just a moment? We want to recognize you as well as part of this family. Awesome. Fantastic. And um, it, I kind of feel a little bit responsible here since I what, officiated your wedding. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, just been a, a this has been a, just a, a joy of mine, and I, 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 I enjoy um, being part of these baby dedications, but today Bennett Allen Sellers was born March, uh, excuse me, March 19th, 2020, uh, and, and I talked to him about the name Bennett. Um, Kelsey told me she just has always loved the name Bennett, 
And uh, even, even before she knew that that was a family name on Justin's side. Um, Bennett is Justin's maternal grandmother's maiden name, but also Alan is uh, Justin's middle name and his paternal grandmother's maiden name. Did I get all that right? Good, good. Glad I got that right. All right, now here comes the fun part. Let me see here. Hey, buddy, would you come see me? All right. Yeah. Is this baby dedication or little man dedication? Yeah. Good gracious. Hey, bud. Bennett Allen. Yeah. All those people out there, and they got the ugliest one to hold you. I'm sorry. Well, look. Look. Bennett comes from Benedict. Yeah. Your daddy has a beard, too. You grab his, not mine. <laughs> Bennett comes from Benedict, which is a Latin, Latin word, and it means blessed. It means blessed. And Alan, Alan means little rock or noble, fair, and handsome. And uh, there's Mama. You want to see Mama? You want to go back and see Mama? All right. Well, I got to hold you for a minute. Thank you. And so, taking that, I, I say that Bennett Allen is a blessed rock, a blessed rock. And uh, it reminds me of scripture out of 1 Peter. I want to read that scripture uh, for us today. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones... A spiritual house are being built into a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a, ch a, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Well, Bennett, I know that your parents uh, want to raise you in the faith of Jesus Christ, they want to raise you in righteousness and they will teach you and raise you well. And my prayer for you is that you continue to grow in your faith, that you grow into a living stone um, and that you are able to show others who the true cornerstone is uh, and that you make Jesus Christ your cornerstone of, of your life as well. Um, let, me, let me pray just a moment then I'll have uh, Pastor Aaron step up. Let me, let me come right here. I know that you probably can't hear the microphone, but Father, thank you so much for this precious family. Thank you for this precious life and Bennett Allen. Lord, we pray for Justin and Kelsey as they raise, they, as they raise their son in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Lord, pray that, that Bennett is, is raised and understands that Jesus Christ is his cornerstone as he places his faith and trust in you. Watch over him and guide them today. But also the church as we come alongside of them. And all these things bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I got to hold little man for a minute before Sunday school out there. You're going to probably take my microphone if I hold you. Uh, but he immediately went for the face. And I have no beard. I'm sorry. Little, little Bennett here was born right around the time that COVID started going crazy. And so they had already at the hospital put restrictions on who could come in. And so we didn't get to do what pastors normally get to do, which is to go in and get to hold a newborn baby and pray over the family. 
but we're privileged to do that this morning. So I have a couple questions for you all. If, if this is the desire of your heart, if you'll just respond with we do, and then I'll have a question for the church as well. So do you, Kelsey and Justin, commit to remembering your marriage covenant and to making your relationship a reflection of Christ and his church? Do you commit to being disciple makers in your home? Do you commit to raising Bennett in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? With the help God provides, do you commit to teach Bennett the fullness of God's word and demonstrate through your own example and witness what it means to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself? One last question. Do you commit to praying both for and with Bennett? Pleading with the Lord for his salvation. Awesome. You know, when it comes to raising children, parents, you know this, the parents have the first responsibility. But parents need the help, prayers, and support of the community, family, friends, and the church. And so I direct my final question to you all. Will you agree to support Justin and Kelsey by being faithful to pray for them? Will you encourage them, love them, and support them through acts of service? Will you help teach Bennett and set a godly example for him so that he might one day come to trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior? Will you help disciple and train him so that he might live under the supreme rule of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you will commit to do those things, will you please signify that by standing? Just look around and know that you guys are not alone in your desire and effort to disciple this cute little Bennett. Let's pray together. Father, we bring Bennett to you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. Oh God, we pray. We want him to love you, to serve you. We pray that you will help Justin and Kelsey continue to bless, Lord, their marriage, but also bless them as parents, that they will set the right example for Bennett, for any future children, Lord, that you may bless them with. May they teach Bennett to love and serve you throughout his life. Lord, we pray for Bennett, that you would protect him, that you would guide him, that you would save him, and then use him to accomplish your will for his glory. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you all. All right, at this time, Miss Emma, who is our photographer, is now going to come. And she has some announcements about Operation Christmas Child. So she has a busy... More, you need, you got it? You want this mic right here? There you go. Hello, okay, wow, okay. So yeah, I'm really busy, I'm like sweating right now. But, um, so we are doing the Operation Christmas shoe bo- Child shoe boxes this year again, which I'm super excited about because of COVID, I was like, I don't know how it's gonna go. But thankfully we're still doing it and we got the boxes in time. They're supposed to be here like Halloween, but we got them, so I'm out of breath because I was like, whew, okay. So um, also in your bulletin, there's, you'll have your bulletin, and then you also have these three things. Um, hopefully y'all saw that. I tried to put it on every chair. Um, but the first thing is this small little thing, and it is just um, how you can pray for them, which I think is kind of cool. So you can put in your Bible or something, um, and then pray for the kids in the boxes, and the people that are giving the boxes and everything. And then there's a pamphlet on how to pack a shoebox. Um, and we also have a ton outside. I got, I think I got too many. But our um, goal this year is to do 200, and I'm really excited about that. So 
Um, we also have boxes out there which look like this. Some of them have already been made, and then you can also grab some that haven't been made. Um, but our goal is 200. And then there's also this little thing which kind of just tells you about Operation Christmas Child and where the shoe box goes. So that is just part of it. And we also get to be a part of going to the, um, like the center that looks through the shoe boxes and like makes sure that there's all good stuff and safe stuff in there. Um, and so if y'all want to volunteer to go, there's two days, November 28th, which is I think right after Thanksgiving, and then December 12th. And if you look into your bulletin, there's going to be an area talking about Operation Christmas Child, and there's a QR code. Um, if y'all don't know how to use that, open up your phone camera and then like put it on the QR code, and it should pop up a link that you can click. Um, or you can go onto the, we um, the church website, and there's a place that you can also do it there. But these are going to be due November 15th. That's kind of like our deadline, but since we are still going to the center in November and December, then you can also turn them in later if you need to. But um, we would just like to be able to like able to count them and be able to pray over them and stuff. So if you if you have any questions, you can ask me, um, or I guess just ask me because I'm the only one doing it this year. So, um, but yeah. So if y'all have any questions, you can ask me. I think that's everything. Is that everything? Okay, that's everything. Awesome. Sorry, I'm like a little scattered taking pictures and then trying to like change brains real quick. So, yeah, and thank you. And we'll also be playing videos every Sunday um, and how it's like changed with COVID and stuff. But I'm really excited. So, yeah. Emma, appreciate you doing that. Yeah. I don't know how many boxes you all did last year. I have no idea. But I believe in setting a goal and challenging you to meet that. So 200 boxes, maybe that's nothing for Northside, maybe that's a lot for Northside. But if you have never got involved in filling a shoebox, do this. And if you have kids, involve them. You can go to the Dollar General, the Dollar Tree, take your kids and teach them. You're not buying anything for yourself. This is simply to give and to serve. Include them, and so be it. If you need to eat out one less time a month, or you need to spend 20 less dollars on your kids for Christmas to be able to fill a shoebox, then do that. Our kids will get plenty of presents, but there are kids on the other side of the world who have never got a present. But this isn't just about a present. What I love the most about this is with every box comes the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're telling these kids about Jesus. So I want to really encourage you to get involved in that. If you'll stand, we're going to worship together again. Yeah. 
together and continue singing about Jesus' love for us. Redeemed, how we all should love to claim it. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His proud and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is a theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I know I shall see in His beauty the King in whose glory I delight, who lovingly guarded my footsteps and gave it me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Amen. If you remain standing in honor of the reading of God's Word, 1 John chapter 4. And if you have any kiddos, you guys are getting the hang of this now, but if any kids second grade and under would like to go to children's church, they can go to the education building. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to finish out the fourth chapter this morning. We're going to begin reading in verse 17. 1 John chapter 4. And this is the word of the Lord. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You may be seated. So earlier this week, I was taking the boys to school, and it was quiet. Lane is in the front seat, uh, Malachi is in the back seat, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Malachi just speaks up and says, I want to stay little forever. And somebody just said amen, kind of jealous. Um, and I was getting ready to say why, but then he just offered his reasons. And here, here was his reasons as to why he wanted to stay little forever. He said, I want to be able to keep my blankie. He's like Linus. He has a little blanket. He takes a lot of places. He says, I want to be able to keep my toys. 
and I want to be able to keep watching my shows. That was his reason. And then I thought, man, that is so cute when you're five years old. And I'm jealous, man, to be five. I started thinking about his life. Like, life doesn't get any better than when you're five years old. Like, you don't have a care in the world. But you know what? At some point, he has to grow up, right? It'll be a little weird when Malachi is 15 years old, and I pull up to high school, and he gets out of a car seat. It'll be a little weird. Now, he may still be small enough he could sit in a car seat. He's a little guy. But, or at high school graduation, when he walks across the stage, he's dragging his blanket behind him like Linus. Or when he's married, his, his wife says, hey, Malachi, let's watch a movie tonight. I'll let you pick. And he says, let's watch a new Paw Patrol movie. Like, dude, you're in your 20s or 30s. That's a little weird, right? At some point, he's going to grow up. He can't stay five forever. Listen, as Christians... We have to grow up. We come to faith in Jesus and we're infants, we're babes in Christ, but we have to grow up. We have to mature in our faith and in our walk with the Lord, right? And as we learn more about God and more about his love for us, we did not plan that choir special this morning. That's probably been on the calendar for months and it's so worked out, right? We, as we learn more about God's love for us, as we grow in that, as we mature in our love for God. Right, as we gain confidence, as we talked about last week, in who we are before God and our standing before God, what happens is that our fears start to be cast out. Right? We start to mature and those fears begin to leave. And so last week I talked about how I wanted to break this up into two Sundays and I wanted to give you four words. Uh, the first word was per- perfect or perfected. Right? The second word was confidence, to give confidence. Perfected confidence. The third word is Fear. The third word is fear. Look what he says in verse 18. We're going to spend most of our time this morning here on verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. John says there's no fear in love. Now right off the bat we have to ask the question, does this contradict other verses of Scripture that teach us that we are to fear God? So Psalm 47 verse 2 says, For the Lord the Most High is to be feared. Right? He used to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Or Philippians 2 verse 12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So scripture teaches us that there should be a fear of God, that we even work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So is John here contradicting that? Now the answer is no. The word for fear here in verse 18 is phobos. It can mean either a good fear, respect, reverence, all, or it can refer to a bad fear, terror, or dread. And so the question is, in our context, what is Phobos referring to? Well, the context tells us when he says, for fear has to do with punishment, that John is speaking of a negative fear. That there is a negative fear that is to be cast out. And we'll get there in a minute. But for a moment, I want us to think about the positive kind of fear. That you and I, even as Christians, are to fear God. There is to be a reverence for God. We are to be in awe of God and who He is. People today, and even many Christians today, don't fear God anymore. There isn't a reverence or an awe of God. How many of you all in here have heard of fainting goats? All right, most of you. 
All right, so this isn't going to be new to you, but it's fascinating to me uh, nevertheless. Fainting goats are also called myotonic goats or stiff leg goats. And so they startle very easy. And so when you go up and you startle one of these goats, what happens is the muscles in their legs tighten and they just fall over. If you've never watched it, it's entertaining. Search for it on YouTube. They just fall over, right? This, they, you startle them, they stiffen, and then down they go. Now, they don't really faint in the sense of they lose consciousness, but it looks like they're fainting. They just fall, fall down. So, right, so you could go to uh, somewhere where there's goats, a farm or a petting zoo, and they could tell you, hey, we have some fainting goats. And it could be really funny, possibly, maybe cruel as well, for you to walk around to try to startle these fainting goats, right? Ah! And then they fall down and you laugh. Now, go do that to a lion. <laughs> Not a one of us would do that to a lion. Why? Because we don't fear fainting goats, but a lion ought to terrify you. So many of us today don't fear God. Even Christians don't fear God. We blaspheme God. We curse God. We use his name flippantly. We ignore God. We rebel against God. We may even be so bold as to laugh about our sin. This is foolishness because a day is coming in which you will stand before that holy, just, righteous God. And he is to be feared. We need to have fear for God, reverence for God, all for God. Listen, you should want to please God. You should not want to live your life in such a way that is contradictory to his word and therefore disappoints him. You should fear God. But hear me. Through Jesus Christ and our relationship with him, we don't have to be afraid of what God might do to us. And there's a big distinction there. So hear me. We can have love for God and fear him, that is have reverence for him at the same time. But as believers in Christ, we can't love God and hide from him because we're afraid of what he may do to us at the same time. No believer in Christ should be hiding from God afraid of what he may do to you. So look what he says. Perfect love cast out fear. This perfect love of God cast out fear. Now fear lives within us by nature. It is our nature to be afraid. It is our nature as fallen humanity to fear, to panic, to worry. Now some of you may be more prone to worry and anxiety than others, but it is our nature when we think of something happening to us that we might begin to worry or fear that which is coming. So what drives out that fear? God's perfect love cast out fear, John says. That word cast out means remove. It means to drive out. It means to do away with. Perfect love cast out fear. That is that state of severe distress, impending pain, danger, or evil. God's love cast out that fear. Now let me show you what this progression from fear to love ought to look like in a believer's life. So it starts before you were saved. Now, some of us were saved at an early age. Some of you were saved at a later age. So your level of this first stage may differ, but we were all here to some extent. And that is, when you don't know God, you not only don't love Him, but you don't fear Him. 
Because you're not even thinking about God. You don't care. You're living in sin. You could care less about God. You could care less about what God thinks. You don't love him. You have no desire to please him because you're a lost, wretched sinner living in rebellion to him. And then the Spirit of God begins to work in your life. And right now, I want, to, I want you to go back to that moment when the Spirit of God began to work in your life and the Spirit of God began to awaken you to the reality that not only are you a wretched sinner, but that God is a holy, just, righteous God. You remember that moment? You went from no fear and no love to now you became terrified that God was going to condemn you to hell. You went from, I don't care about you, to, oh no, don't send me to hell. That's what I deserve. I've seen it for the first time, my sinfulness and your holiness. Please, God, don't send me to hell. And maybe you can remember standing there in that church and your palms got sweaty and your heart began to beat a little bit faster because for the first time in your life, you realize you deserved hell. And God is righteous and just to send you there. But aren't you thankful the Spirit of God doesn't leave you in that state of dread and terror? Because the Spirit of God immediately points you and takes you to the foot of the cross. Where for the first time in your life, you begin to see God's love for you manifested through His Son, Jesus Christ. And what God has done for you. So in, in that state of immaturity, you don't know a lot, but you've given your life to Jesus. You understand now He loves you and you don't have to be terrified of hell because He just gave you eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. But even in that moment, you're still a babe in Christ. You've got your whole spiritual walk ahead of you. And so here you are at the foot of the cross, understanding though you deserve hell, you won't be sent there. That God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, shed his blood. Jesus shed his blood for you. And now you get to spend the rest of your life walking in that love and learning more and more and more about God's love for us every day. We begin to walk in that grace. And what we begin to realize is this perfect love of God cast out fear. Specifically, though, fear of what? Look what he says in verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with what? Punishment. That's what the ESV translates that word, punishment. Punishment here is referring to eternal punishment. This fear of God's judgment, this fear of God punishing us in hell, this fear of God condemning us to hell. And what does John say? Church, this is good news. That perfect love casts out this fear because this fear has to do with punishment. Hear me. Love and fear cannot coexist. Love and fear, the love of God and the fear of him punishing us in hell as a believer cannot coexist. They are mutually exclusive. Love, the perfect love of God, drives out this fear that he may in the end still condemn you to hell. So question, why do so many believers live in fear? Why are there even today so many Christians, either at home or in a church this morning, who they've heard the good news, they put their faith in the good news, but they're still uncertain. On judgment day, will God really hold fast to his word? They're wrestling with this assurance. They're, they're still just torn. Does God really love me? Why do so many of us fear? Why are we not walking in this promise that God has given us? I think one of the answers is simply this. 
If there is a presence of fear in your life, it could be because there is a deficiency of God's love in your life. It could be this morning, the reason why you're so afraid is because you're not resting and trusting in the promise of God and his love. It could be the reason you're afraid is because you're not really convinced that God is love, that God really does love you, that God really did send his son for you. Listen, if you think about any relationship, if there is fear there, there's probably an absence of love. So if there is a spouse this morning who is afraid their husband may walk out on them or their wife may walk out on them, why do they think that? They probably think that because there's some sort of fear that maybe they don't really love me. They're picking up on this somehow. You think about the number of kids today who are afraid, who are afraid to go home after school because mom or dad are going to be there. And they're terrified of their parents, not because their parents disciplined them in the Lord, but they're terrified of their parents because they've been abused by their mom or their dad. And the only reason a parent would ever abuse their child is because there's no love in their heart for that child. You would never abuse physically, mentally, sexually someone that you loved. And so the reason there's fear is because there's an absence of love. And so maybe the reason you're afraid this morning is because you aren't walking in Christ, walking with Christ, and walking in love. I heard a song on, on the way here that talked about there being no room in their heart for God. And that no room, I mean, that kind of sounds like something we'd say in the 21st century, the sentimental, there's no room in my heart. But man, I just begin to think about it driving here, and I begin to pray, God, have I become so in love with the things of the world that my heart is so crowded for this stuff that there's no room for you in my life. And if there's no room for God and his love in my life, then you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be afraid. And I'm going to be afraid of him on judgment day. And I'm going to be afraid today of what I may face because the love of God is void in my life. Not by his doing, but by my own. I've pushed it out. Danny Aiken says, love is characterized by fear. When there is a doubt, it will be returned. You don't have to doubt God's love. It's a perfect love. We're going to see in a minute, it's not predicated upon you. It's a perfect love, and you can trust in that this morning. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear of punishment? Absolutely. Listen, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you've confessed your sins, if you've repented of your sins, and you've taken hold of Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear his judgment. You can stand before him with confidence because of Christ and how you stand before the Father through Jesus Christ. But I also believe when it talks about perfect love, casting out fear, I think this can speak to any negative fears we may have. So let me ask you another question. Is your life more marked by control or surrender? Because at some point, our fear has to give way to faith in Jesus Christ. At some point, we can't, we can't live this fearful, scared life. We have to walk by faith. Look, I'm just being honest with you. This is the only way I know how to preach. This is who I am. And I'm one who is open and honest about my struggles. That may turn some people off, and that may draw other people in, and, and you love it even more. right? But I know from my own life, one area where I struggle is with control. And it is easier for me at times to want to control than want to surrender and lay it down and say, God, you have this. You take it. You can handle it better than I can. There's a part of me that just wants to hold on to it because I feel safer when I'm in control. It makes zero sense. And maybe you can, you can relate to that. 
But what God wants is for us to surrender. So perfect love casts out fear. So let me quickly point out four things to you. This morning, you don't have to fear your past. If you know Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear that sin that you committed yesterday, last week, five years ago. That sin that keeps gnawing at you, that you keep feeling guilty and you still feel shame over that. Listen, you don't have to fear that when you stand before God, God is going to say, listen, I know that sin you committed on this date back then. Jesus' blood didn't cover that. I'm condemning you for that. But you don't have to fear that. You can walk in freedom because all of your sins through the blood of Jesus Christ have been covered. And they are cleansed. You don't have to fear that. Church, hear me. You don't have to fear the present. Right now, on this Sunday in October, you don't have to be afraid. Whatever may happen to you this afternoon, on your way home, or this evening, you don't have to fear the present moment because your God is on the throne and he's in control. You don't have to fear that. Church, hear me. You don't have to fear the immediate future. Are you concerned about election day? I hope so. Are you going to vote? I pray so. Or should you pray about this? Absolutely. I'm actually calling on our church on election day to spend 24 hours of prayer. There's a sign-up sheet out there on the table in the foyer. I've got two slots for each hour. I'm hoping we can have 48 people who will sign up and say, I'm going to pray from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Or I'm going to pray from... 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. You'd be the first one to go run and sign up for that slot, all right? You take the, the middle of the night slot, right? But I'm calling on us to pray. Why? Because I don't know what's going to happen on election day. And I don't want to live afraid. I don't want to live in fear of what may happen. I want to walk by faith, trusting in God that he's in control no matter what. So I don't have to fear the immediate future. And listen, I don't have to fear the eternal future either. Because I know where I am and I'm in Christ. Man, I pray that you know Jesus Christ. But hear me, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you better be afraid. And my prayer right now is this morning, as you came in with no fear of God and no love for God, that the Spirit of God is going to begin to work in your heart as he did in mine on June 18, 1990. And he's going to bring you to the place where you go from not fearing God to, oh my goodness, he's going to condemn me to hell and I need to be saved through Jesus Christ. And that today will be a day of salvation for you. That's my prayer for you. And so fear, we don't have to live in fear. Let me give you the last word here quickly, and that is the word first. Verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Church, that is my hope. And that is your hope. That God first loved me. He first loved me. My hope for transformation is that God, before the foundation of the world, set his affections and his saving grace upon me. That he saved me before I ever loved him, before I ever showed any signs of maybe wanting to receive him. God first loved me. This is the hope for transformation. This is the hope of salvation. God loved us first. He loved us first. And old church, this radically changes how we love one another. Look at verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? Liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Listen, 
We are deceived if we think the very people that we can see Sunday after Sunday, that we see them in the flesh, we have opportunities to love them and serve them and care for them. Listen, if we don't love our brothers and sisters that we can see, we are deceiving ourselves if we think we're going to believe a God whom we cannot see. And that we love a God that we cannot see. And, and so I want you to notice this language, and, and John Stott summarizes it very clearly. He says, however loudly we may affirm ourselves to be Christian, our habitual sin, denial of Christ, and selfish hatred expose us as the liars we are. So here's what John is saying. I'm going to try to say this quick, and then we're going to wrap up. John is saying, if you profess faith in Jesus Christ... And you yet live in habitual sin, and there's no repentance, no confession, then you are a liar, and you don't know Jesus. He is saying, listen, if you claim to believe God and have a relationship with God, and yet you deny that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, he says you are a liar, and you don't know Jesus. And then he says here that if you claim to say you have a relationship with God, but in your heart it is filled with hatred towards brothers and sisters in Christ, and you treat them in a way that Christ would not treat them, he says, then you are a liar. And when you preach, it's challenging. Because some of you in here, what you need is to be encouraged. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with the hope of verses 17 and 18. That this morning you can have confidence. Perfect love is cast out fear. You don't have to be afraid. But you can go forward today and this week and next month and next year with confidence that whatever happens, God's perfect love is in control and it surrounds you and covers your life. Yet at the same time, I am to preach in a way that convicts and warns. And I don't know your heart. Only you know your heart, only God knows your heart. But here's what John MacArthur says. False Christians are in danger of the same hell as rejectors of Christ. Those who reject Jesus Christ will spend eternity in hell. But a false Christian who on the outside appears to be a Christian, but on the inside never surrenders to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, never confesses their sin, never repents of their sin, just goes through the outward motions, or even if the outward motions contradicts a profession of faith, you know what? You're in danger of hell. You're in danger of hell. Look, I don't, I don't know your heart. Only you know that. But here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want us to get to heaven and be like, man, if we know each other, be like, hey, where's so-and-so? I mean, they were with us every Sunday. They were with us every Wednesday. But you just went through the motions and never actually knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. So maybe you're here and you're an unbeliever and you need to repent you need to turn from your sins, and you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you are here as a Christian, and you're struggling with fear. There's good news. You can give that to the Lord. His perfect love will drive it out. And maybe you're here as someone who has sat in this seat many, many, many times. And for the first time, you're realizing you need Jesus. John, you referenced it in Sunday school this morning where you sat and saw a pastor's wife come to church. It's come to salvation and other religious people, the faithful in the church, come to Jesus because they've been going through the motions. They didn't know Jesus. Would you close your eyes and, and bow your head? We're not going to sing this morning, but I just want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you a moment before I pray and before we make some announcements. But I want to give you an opportunity to, to get right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember that day like it was yesterday when, when the Spirit of God began to convict me. 
And I'm praying if you don't know Jesus or the Spirit of God right now would convict you. Oh, oh God, would you bring that lost person to faith in Jesus this morning? Oh, God, we plead for your glory, for your honor. Lord, would you draw that man, that woman, who has never given their life to Jesus, would you bring them to a place of repentance, to a place of confession where today, for the first time, they say, God, I am a sinner and I deserve hell, but I am turning to Jesus. For Jesus, you said you are the only way and the only truth and the only life. And no one comes to the Father but by you. Father, maybe there is someone here today who, if they're honest, they're living in fear. You have called them to live by faith. They are living, Lord, scared when you have called them to walk in confidence. Not because of who they are, but God, because of who you are. And would you just convict them and then encourage them today, oh God, we pray, as they see the cross, as they see the love of Jesus afresh once again. Lord, for those watching online, we pray that you would speak to them, that you would convict them. Lord, you are worthy of your praise. It has been a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And Lord, we want to end this day, man, with just a time of celebration. Lord, by hearing here in just a little bit, Lord, did anybody give their life to you, Jesus? Has anybody recommitted their life to you, repented of sin? Well, God, in this moment... Draw near to us. And may we allow you, Lord, not just to have a place in our life, but to have a priority, the priority in our life. So have your way in us, oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you made a decision to to turn from your sins and to give your life to Jesus Christ, we want to know about that. Maybe you're watching online. I encourage you to go to the website, find out how you can contact us, reach out to us and let us know. If you made that decision this morning or you just want prayer uh, for a decision you made, would you just please, please see me, your pastor BJ, on your way out. We would love to pray uh, for you. Uh, Miss Robin is going to come. She, she's over there today. But you moved on me, Miss Robin. You're throwing me off. Man. So Robin has an announcement about our Thanksgiving uh, Mia, while she's coming, let me point out that we have a women's Bible study today at 4 p.m. You can come on up here. Uh, there's, are you gonna go, oh, you're going to go down there, aren't you? You tell me where I need to be. You, well, you go where you are most comfortable, <laughs> where you're most comfortable. And then we also have a Sunday school leaders meeting on November 1st. Uh, Sunday school teachers and leaders, uh, we want you to be aware of that. All right, Ms. Robin. Okay. All right. We're back again for Thanksgiving. Yay. Uh, big yay, yes. All right. Want to give you, um, I, I know it looks like there's a lot. I, I have to have big writing so I don't have to use my glasses. So there's not as many uh, details here. Want to give you just a brief uh, description. We're going to do things a little different for Thanksgiving. So I want to know, let everybody know so that uh, you know what's going on. Um, we'll not be eating in the sanctuary. Um, if it's nice outside, hopefully like today, we'll be able to have tables outside with the tent. We'll also have some seating in the activity room. If it's not... 
We'll do the activity room and Sunday school rooms and in here. Um, you'll notice today is going to be a little bit more of a little wing it as we go kind of thing because we've never done this like this. Um, instead of having the buffet like we normally do, uh, we're going to have basically a cafeteria line that uh, we're going to have a menu that uh, we'll need you to help uh, provide some of the food for us. Um, what we'll do that morning, um, you're going to, as you come in, you will actually have a card on your, your, uh, on your seat for everyone that you can fill out the menu. This is your order form. Uh, you'll need to fill out one for everybody in your family. We'll take those up during the service. And sometime during the service, we will go ahead and start filling your plates. We're going to use to-go trays. So it's going to be a lot like you've picked up food from your, the restaurants from the last few months. We're going to need several people to help uh, uh, serve the food. And I wanted just to make sure you know that uh, one of the things we're going to request is that if you help serve, please bring your mask and we'll provide gloves. We want to make sure we're taking care of everybody and putting others first. So we're going to uh, make sure we do that. Um, again, we'll use the to-go trays and we'll have them go ahead and fill, uh, fill those up and we'll have a separate table in the fellowship hall that you can pick up your food after the meal is over and you can go sit down. Um, depending on where we wind up with the tables and all, we'll have the, um, dessert tray, the dessert table and the drink table probably someplace outside of the fellowship hall. Where that winds up is going to be determined by, you know, where we wind up with the, the table. So I'll have to let you know that morning where that is. Um, and at some point after the meal is over, we'll be able to provide seconds and the to-go trays like we normally do if, if there are extras. All right, the main thing I wanted to discuss is the menu because this is especially a little different and this is where all of you uh, are especially going to be able to help us. Um, let me just kind of go through a, a few things. Uh, Mr. David, where's Mr. David? Give Mr. David a big hands up. He is our turkey man. <laughs> David was telling me how he was going to prepare these yesterday, and I was drooling as I was reading the text, so it's going to be really good. Um, I'm going to need three big pans of dressing like we normally do. Uh, I've got one person volunteered already, so if you would like to make dressing, find me after church. I've got the big pans and lids for you, so I would appreciate that. Um, Miss Rachel hopefully will be out of quarantine by then, and she's supposed to bring our gravy. If not, we'll, we'll definitely have gravy. You, you can't have turkey and dressing without gravy, so we'll take care of that. Um, the church will provide the cranberry sauce and the drinks as normal. Um, one thing we are going to slightly change, we're not going to have rolls this time. Uh, there's no room in the tray for the rolls. I think you're going to have enough carbs, so I don't think that's a problem. The main thing that I, we're going to need you to help with, and some of you have already done, is sign up for the sides. Um, uh, what we've done is we've chosen seven different sides to go with the turkey and dressing and gravy. And we basically did that based off of what we normally have. You know, what everybody brings every year. We went through and, okay, this, we, we have this and this and this. So this is what we how we chose them. Uh, we've got three cold sides deviled eggs, fruit, and broccoli salad. Uh, the four hot sides are the basics that you already know. Green beans, mac and cheese, corn, and sweet potato casserole. Is everybody hungry now? Um, okay, these are the things that we're going to ask you to help provide. And as you provide them, I want to make sure you understand, just so you know when you bring it. Uh, for each person that's bringing, we ask you to bring enough for about 20 people, okay? Um, so no little bowls. 
think big, think supersize here. Um, bring your item in something that uh, can keep it either cold or hot, depending on what you've got. Um, there is no room in the kitchen for anything. We've got turkey and dressing and uh, in the oven and drinks in the fridge. So make sure you've got something that will keep your um, things either hot or cold. If possible, if you have a hot item, bring it in a crock pot. That is a whole lot easier. Uh, obviously, you don't have to, but that sure makes things a lot easier. Um, and the other thing, and I'll, let me see if I can explain this right. When you make your side, try to bring it and try to use the recipe that is very basic, that you know that when you bring it, everybody's going to look at that and go, that's mac and cheese, and that's, you know. Don't go, don't think outside of the box, ladies, okay? The, the, the uh, uh, explanation I gave is green beans and green bean casserole. I don't like green bean casserole. I like green beans. If you sign up for green beans, stick with what you signed. Don't, don't go you know, rogue on me today on this because you're helping to feed all these people. We have had a year that nothing has been normal and nothing has been dependable. And one of the things we're trying to do is provide you comfort food that everybody will go, oh, kind of thing. So again, if you got any questions, ask me about this. But Try to kind of think about what you would get if you went to Cracker Barrel, okay? That's your standard here. If you ordered this at Cracker Barrel, what's it going to look like kind of thing? And if you have any questions, ask me or Lindsay. Okay, desserts. Yes, we are having desserts. I have got several people that have already uh, volunteered for those. I still need a few extra uh, in just a little bit. Lindsay and I will be outside to uh, go ahead and, and sign up other folks because we still need room for all of these. Um, if you've signed up for a dessert and you went ahead and put down what you're bringing, check with me just to make sure. If you signed up and said, I'll bring something, try to let me know what that something is. Uh, variety with uh, desserts is very important. I'm over here looking at Mr. Curtis. If I don't have banana pudding for Mr. Curtis, I am in the doghouse, okay? So we got to make sure that we have there's certain things we all uh, would like to have for that. So again, check with me for the desserts. Um, and finally, aha, we're almost through. Um, we will definitely need a lot of volunteers, so please, if you're willing to help in the back, uh, get all the food put together in the trays, uh, let me know. Uh, and one thing, and I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get uh, zapped by lightning with this. What is the one thing I normally tell y'all to do? Bring your own spoon. You don't have to bring your own spoon this time. <laughs> Doing the cafeteria line, we don't need near as many uh, utensils. So you don't have to worry about your spoon. I will not get on to you this year. Okay, last thing. Like I said, Lindsay and I are going to be outside with our little clipboards when uh, church is over. If you have not signed up, please go ahead and do that uh, so that we know exactly what we've got and what we need to. And uh, that morning, just bring it in and bring it in the fellowship hall, and we'll show you uh, where we need to plug it in and get it going. Thank you very much. Uh, this always is such a wonderful time for our church. It's a great time of celebration. It's a great time of thanksgiving, of just rem reminding each other of God's goodness and his faithfulness. And uh, it, it takes all of us to, to feed all of us, but it's a wonderful day, and I'm looking forward to it. So thank you all very much.
But and Lindsay were, Lindsay already went out. They were brainstorming and planning. And so uh, a lot of time and effort has gone into this. I'm just disappointed I don't have to bring a spoon. <laughs> 2020's ruining everything. So uh, I'm going to bring one anyways. But you do not need your spoon. Robin filled me in on that story. Bill, if you'll come uh, as he's coming and close us out in prayer, just a reminder on your way out, there is a sign-up sheet uh, for November 3rd, that day of prayer. I would love for every time slot to be filled uh, to know that our church is praying uh, during that 24 hours on that day. If you'll stand, Bill, close us with a word of prayer, brother. Let's pray together. Our gracious God, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for this beautiful day we had together in your house. Thank you for our fellowship time that we've had. Dear God, uh, may your word just uh, buried in our hearts and go out and we share it. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for the good things of the days ahead, for the many we have on our prayer list. Dear God, uh, help us to be faithful to pray for them as we lift them up to you and uh, go with us and give us your grace and your mercies. We ask in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.